Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post-Dispatch, joined by both of the Blues Beat reporters, Jim Thomas, Tom Timberman. Great to have you both in the studio. So, guys, what's going to happen this year? <laughs> uh, well, it'll, whatever it is, it'll probably be more smooth than last year. Uh, I, I think you're looking at a, you know somewhere above 90 points for this team in that 90 to 100 point range. Uh, I think if they got too far above that, it would be uh, impressive. Uh, but I don't see it going much lower. And, uh, yeah, somewhere in there, and we'll let the details will sort themselves out over the next six months. The Blues will play 82 games in the regular right. season. That, that's as far as I'm going to go. They're going to make all the games? Yeah, they will They will show up for all. Well, Unlike, they may not. If the plane works? They, yeah, if the plane works, right. They, they, <laughs> they, they will be there. They will be there, yeah. Well, this was a fairly uneventful uh, training camp. One trade was made, Joel Edmondson uh, out the door for uh, Justin Falk. That Joel was traded was not a shock that it happened so quickly. And that they got Falk in return uh, was a pleasant surprise. And uh, other than that, uh, for the most part, guys stayed healthy, and uh, a lot, a lot of the same kind of player combinations are back. So, you know, what you remembered last year is largely, I guess, what we're going to see going forward. Kind of pick up where they left off. Yeah, it was it was as uneventful a training camp as one could imagine, other than the Falk trade. I mean, it was. I mean, nobody got hurt. I mean, it, no. guys missed maybe one or two days of practice here and there, but nothing serious. It was dull first maybe first weekend okay we're we're, we're getting their cup stories their cup memories mm-hmm. and you play your first game and then it's like okay can we can we fast forward this to the regular season i'm sure mm-hmm. the players felt the same way and then of course you had the uh you had the uh justin falk uh deal that that livened it up there a little bit towards the end but uh no last year at this time opening day no bortuzzo he was i believe suspended no edmondson no sunquist he was hurt uh, no Fabry and uh, no Gunnarsson. So mm-hmm. this year, nothing. Even the, the year before, remember the year before, 15 minutes into practice, Sanford gets splattered by uh, the late great, uh, well, maybe not great, Dimitri Askin. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Now in Russia. Uh, wow. uh, Bo uh like fractures his ankle or whatever at the mm-hmm. scrimmage uh, yeah. three days in. And then uh, first mm-hmm. preseason game, Alex Steen, uh, what was the fellow's name? Antoine Roussel slashes yeah. him. And the hand, so you were missing all those guys this year. Nothing, okay. Gunnarsson, uh, Bortuzzo, little little tweaks. Yeah, uh, Sunquist, Vla- a little tweak. Yeah, uh, Vladdy gets sick, but uh, they're they're all they're all out there. So and, and JT, what's interesting about this team now? The chemistry's in place. The connection with the coaches in place. And it was interesting to see uh, Craig Ruby come right back. You know, he's he found combinations that worked during the postseason. And, you know, not not a total lineup, uh, you know, continuity. There's some changes that, you know, guys bounce around a little bit. But he does he does have some combinations he liked. He liked, and he came right back in camp with those combinations that he likes. And I, I just sense that he found, well, I guess, what Mike Gill was, spent a lot of time looking for <laughs> and not finding last year. Yeah, Mike, oh, boy, did he spend a lot of time to, uh, <laughs> searching for, for lines. But I think part of it is uh, you go back to the end of last season, this this work for us at least at the start let's let's not mess it up and uh the the one thing we all wondered about okay who would take uh maroon's place on that third line and uh as camp went on would sanford be able to hang on to that second line valuable real estate i think we should remember it's like some fans are just going nuts that costin didn't make the roster some some fans wondering about the lines this isn't the Supreme Court. These aren't mm-hmm. lifetime nominations. No, no. It's just the season opening lines. And I, I, I brought this in here, our, uh, uh, the book from last year. This was opening night against Winnipeg. 
And a fine game that was. Yeah, by the way. yeah, five to one uh, Blues defeat. Maureen, Maureen, Maroon O'Reilly. How, how soon we forget? Maroon O'Reilly Tarasenko was one line. Schwartz Shen Cairo was the second line. Steen Bozak Perron, Barbashev Thomas Blay. So yeah, uh, th- things might change over the course of the season. Well, uh, mm-hmm. Tom, the combination that I think could produce interesting results if if left together, you're going to see a couple guys have. Much better years you have with well, really all three guys. You know, Shen went mm-hmm. had a fall off from seventy points. Mm-hmm. Jaden Schwartz just fell off the earth as a goal scorer mm-hmm. in the regular season, and it took Vladimir Tarasenko into the second half of the season to, to get back to scoring at a forty goal pace. You like the fact that you have something there. Those all all three of those guys, assuming the, the stability of this lineup remains pretty much in place, and that the power play comes along. Those are three. Those are three guys to look at right away to see. Okay, how is this team going to start better than they did, did a year ago? Yeah, and it's it's a contract year for Shen, so he's got something um, at stake even more. Yeah, if if the, you look at how those three guys played at the start of the season was, or the end of last season, if they carry that over to the start of this season, yeah, I mean there's, there's potential. I mean, Schwartz found after coming back from the injury, finally found himself in the latter half of, of last season, played very well, <clears throat> excellent in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, Tarasenko, you know, for all the doom and gloom there was early in the year, the guy, you know, found his, you know, played at the end of the year, ended up with numbers that were pretty much what you'd expect from Vladimir Tarasenko. So, yeah, that that is, got, that is a line with a lot of potential and who should exceed all of their numbers uh, from last year. But, yeah, a lot of those numbers, if they can get the power play going, because that'll be – that'll that, – makes all boats rise and uh, gets Shen and Tarasenko's numbers going. And JT, they got a couple – they could put together a couple good units now and, and maybe and maybe then some. David Perron made me promise not to write about the power play for the first 10 to 15 games all today right. in, the, uh, in the locker room <laughs> because I asked him about it uh-huh. after the Winnipeg game, third preseason mm-hmm. game, and he was like, really? You're asking me about the power play after third game of the preseason? But, yeah, you look at the names there and it's like – Wow, this should work. And you look at the names, and it's really, and 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 Craig Berube's emphasized that too. What what's the top group? What's the second group? It's mm-hmm. it's pretty balanced. And as Tom wrote about today mm-hmm. online and, and in the post dispatch, uh, you've got mm-hmm. a kind of a lefty and a righty group. You've got one four lefties and a righty, and you've got one four righties and a lefty. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully they will pay heed to. Uh, Mark Savard's uh, mantra, which we we talked yeah. about last week, which stole he from said, us. Said we 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 would have done that for what half less. the price, a lot, a lot less. less. We would have yeah. split up half of his salary. Shoot sure. the puck and move it around <laughs> quick. Yeah. yeah, quick puck movement, quick player movement, and when you you know you get it, you shoot it right. So mm-hmm. it's it's it'll be it'll probably it will take a while to to find out Tom how mm-hmm. it all works together. But mm-hmm. the other thing Craig likes is the fact that guys will have to compete before yeah. um, you know for. for to be on the units and also mm-hmm. which if the number one wants to be out there for a minute and a half and you know get a lion's share of time then it's going to have to earn that yeah it's no gimme as to which group they'll put out first when the penalty is called and used to be the the first unit went out there and they'd be there for 90 seconds and then the other guys would, mm-hmm. would clean up the clean up the mess uh not necessarily make it a lot cleaner but continue the mess and um <laughs> but uh yeah now or maybe sometimes even make, make the it mess worse messier, yeah, <laughs> worse, yeah. Uh, so yeah that's something i mean you know colton pareko who's got the best shot of anyone on the blue line is not on the power play i mean is for the guy who's you know you put him at the point and think it'd be a devastating weapon they they don't need him as it stands right now now we we say this all with the you know somehow the thought that, that it's going to work 
And we saw last year where they would put out really good guys on the power play and it wouldn't work. So now they've got to, okay, you've got good guys and you've got two good units. And now they just need to see some results. And they got to a good start last year on the power play. We thought we were kind of surprised by last year. Yes, yes, we were. Then it drove into the Grand Canyon. That was about the only thing that was working well to start. (laughs) Actually, they were were scoring a fair amount of goals, but they Mm -hmm. just, they couldn't. They couldn't yeah. stop uh, anything. Yeah, seven to three games. Well, it was important that you know, and I know the coaching staff was shorthanded last year after the change. Uh, Mike Yo departed. Larry Robinson was an unofficial coach on there for mm-hmm. a while. Would jump in and, and helped out, especially initially was was there helping out. But they did add another voice to the coaching staff, and that voice is uh, is driving a lot of the uh, the power play strategy and and discussion and management, which they had to do. I know last year. Craig was, I wouldn't say defensive about the power play, but uh, was rejecting a lot of our rebuffs <laughs> to get him to criticize it. Let's put it that way. And uh, But they did go outside. They did bring in a skilled guy who's uh, also a skilled development guy who played the game as a skilled player, who saw the ice as a player. So, you know, although it's a bit of a – we won't hear a lot from Mark during the course of the season. No, we won't. But <laughs> Hello. It, How are you doing? Yeah, it, it, is, it was – Jim, it was needed. Yeah. No, cer- certainly, uh, certainly needed. And a guy – Again, he's done some developmental work, but he's never been really a coach, you know, on a team at any level, which doesn't seem to bother the Blues. They had probably one of the most inexperienced staffs in terms of uh, the assistants and number of years they had logged in the league last year, and it didn't, didn't seem to bother him. But Savard, I'm sure the game is still fresh to him, and I'm sure he's got a lot of insights, maybe small little details that he can help the players with, and his, his power play record as a player speaks for itself, so... My goodness, if you get that working with this team, and of course there'll be other problems, problems that not even this astute group <laughs> here uh, can, 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 can even comprehend at this point. But entering the season, you think, okay, what's the one potential soft spot uh, on the team? And you're like, well, it's the power play. Well, now uh, you've added this, this, this coach who's, who's dedicated to, 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 to improving the power play. You're bringing – one of the best power play scoring defensemen in the league in Justin Falk. So I don't know what else they can do except not dust the puck off, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, on about that defense, uh, Tom, it is it was a team strength, and then they traded Joel Edmondson, who was a perfectly fine um, member of the, of the defensive mm-hmm. squad that won a Stanley Cup. He wasn't one of the top four on a consistent basis, but mm-hmm. certainly contributed to all the success the team had. You upgrade from him to Falk, who can play and has played – top four, even top pairing minutes in, in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it just, while you're still um, sorting out how things will play out in, let's say, the last 10 minutes of a game when you uh, condense your groups, uh, it, it, this, this this is a very impressive group when healthy. Mm-hmm. And as they said right off the bat, like Doug Armstrong, you don't have to shelter anybody. You don't have mm-hmm. to give somebody just offensive zone starts. You don't have to totally rely on, although you'll lean heavily on Jabo and, and Pareko, uh, all the th- all three pairings should be able to match up, and they all should be able to play in the defensive zone. No reason to think that's not the case. I mean, it, and you know, Vince Dunn is the only guy that hasn't really proved himself, but he has, you know, he has done well. You know, he's certainly done well enough when given the chance. Um, he's the only guy you wouldn't say, yeah, we'll put him out there as a shutdown guy. Right. But everybody else, you know, has done it, and and Dunn is improving. So yeah, that's a that's a group where, you know, the. Uh, yeah, the the Gunnarsson, uh, Bortuzzo envision they're probably going to be the guys now trading off. It used to be three guys for the last two spots. Now it's probably two guys for one spot because uh, everybody else looks as though they're going to be there. Uh, 
every night, and it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, when you get down to the last ten minutes, uh, Petro and Fall if they're if they need to score goals, is it it's Petrangelo, Fall, Dunn, and you know somebody else at that point, and you know Pareko if if they need to score goals. Um, yeah, I mean they've got guys who can score, and they've got you know that Pareko Bomeister combination is going to log a lot of time. You know, last year at this time, I think there was optimism about Bomeister, but then it, pretty soon it kind of went negative, and um, and then it perked up once he got better. That's something. I mean, he's he's not getting younger. He's still in better shape than almost anyone on the team, um, but you know it's still. You know, when you get to that, you know, he's, you know, over 35, it becomes a, uh, a, a trickier matter. He could, no. he could fall off the edge of the earth at any at any minute. Mm-hmm. Last year, remember early in the season, pucks were going in the goal off Bo Meester in every direction <laughs> imaginable. Mm-hmm. By game seven in Toronto, uh, much to Bo Meester's uh, chagrin, uh, Mike Yo, still the coach at that point, made mm-hmm. Bo Meester a healthy scratch. So, uh, yeah, there were, there were issues with Bo early. Now, one thing uh, that all this depth does help you do is, is to manage the minutes earlier in the season. I mean, this team is going to have to keep be mindful that the fatigue is going to settle. Every cup-winning team says the fatigue settles in at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you go through the season, you had a short summer. You played a lot of games. All of them were very intense. Mm-hmm. It was warfare out there. Mm-hmm. So having six good D, you're not leaning on your top four to play crazy minutes. You know, in the years past, you might have had a uh, number six defenseman play 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. Or nine or ten minutes or nine minutes or six minutes in some cases, depending on who they had to slide in there with their eyes closed. Not to <laughs> single out Schmaltz, but he had some of those games, right, where he played a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, who was not was seen after the second period. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so, you, but you don't, you shouldn't have to do that right off the bat to survive, and that that should should help the team get through uh, not only injuries but just the game in and game game out management. Yeah, and, and you know, easier said than done, though. And uh, uh, Barubi has said, yeah, we, we we're going to manage minutes. But what what if you, you know, so many of these hockey games are one goal games. What if yeah. it's a close game and you're you just boy, I got I got to get uh, Pareko and Bomeister out there again, or or, mm-hmm. or Petra out there again. For all the talk, you look at some of the minutes logged in some of these preseason games. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a game where Petra had like twenty six minutes, and mm-hmm. you you feel like like knocking on Barubi. Hey. Craig, yeah. it's preseason. Yeah. It's all right if you lose, okay? I know it, you're playing some kids tonight, but you can just yeah. go ahead and take a look. Yeah, Close your eyes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Close your eyes if you what, have what to. Did, yeah. What did Dick Vermeule used to say about preseason? Uh, they matter, but they don't count. You know, yeah. they don't count, okay? So, yeah. So, so mm-hmm. we'll see. And it, it's interesting, too. I, I talked to, when, when the Capitals were in town Friday, I talked to Todd Reardon, the, the coach, and, and he, he because the, the Capitals went through all of this last year at this time, and he said he found, too, that, not just managing the minutes. You got to be careful with the meetings, how much time they spend in the building, uh, to, to to avoid mental fatigue. And so, I don't know if that means uh, Craig's just going to spring. Oh, we <laughs> we don't we don't need a penalty kill minute today. Go home, <laughs> fellas, or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. all that can add up. I mean, it's a real thing, and uh, we'll see how the how, how the Blues uh, Blues manage it. Interesting too. They're not going to rely early on. I think they're early season like the month of october it's all eastern teams teams they're not really familiar with although what they played washington 12 times in the preseason <laughs> yeah. this year so so uh, all that could factor into maybe a little unpredictability early but mm-hmm. uh we we know the uh, now the team knows how it has to play that was one of the themes of the preseason the identity is established but i think it was Braden shen mentioning it again today in the in the room it's really hard to play that way. 
Yeah. yeah. It's, know, it's remember, to, it's, it's the, the blues style is a draining, yeah. exhausting, physically yeah. pounding style. And it was one thing that, yeah, they did it over 50 game, regular season games in the playoffs. But now you're saying, we'll do that for 82 games after last year. These guys are going to are gonna be feeling it, I think, early on. And, and it's only going to get worse as the year goes on. So that's the thing. When you think about Alexander Steen uh-huh. having to do this for, you know, the next six months, that's, that's you know, it's one thing to have Mackenzie McKecker out there throwing his body around Sammy Blay throwing his body but uh for some of these guys yeah to put them on the have constant forechecking all that's gonna it's gonna hurt and you throw in uh you know your your penalty killing mm. like your pants are on mm. fire your mm. your this team blocks a lot of shots which yeah. means you it's a lot of bruises yeah so yeah I mean it's easy to say we've got our identity and we know how we have to play uh, and they're motivated they say they're motivated to win again because winning is fun but, man, you go back and look at how those games, you go back and look at the playoffs are different, I get. But even the late season games, just how hard they were going, how yeah. desperate their play was. You know, it's it's uh, early October. They'll be going, if Lord willing, through May and mm. trying to play that way. Oof. Yeah. I mean, and basically for them, from the time Craig Berube took over, I mean, it was a desperation every night. I mean, there was not a one point where they said, well, yeah, we're we're safe. We're we got a playoff spot. Even to the very end, you know, the regular season, you know, they were, could they win the division? Everything mattered. There was no break for them at all. And so that's something that is, you know, they're going to get out there tomorrow night, and it's going to be like, well, we, you know, we don't have to win this game. They play. You have to win every night, basically, yeah. after yeah. Baruby. Uh, took over, and that's going to go for Bennington, who they could they ran with because you know they never gave him a day off because they didn't want to lose the whatever magic spell he had going. And, you know, he's going to, you know, if he stays healthy, he's going to play 50-some-odd games this year. That's, you know, 30-some-odd games that he's not going to play. Like, will will Bennington be able to whack opposing goalies and drive-bys on an 82-game basis? Will he have enough set of sunglasses to to, to wear them at night? I mean, these are all questions that that we have to that we have to ponder. Will he spend more time memorizing the names of uh, the coaches who are around the league? You know, but yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, obviously, uh, uh, the uh, the Capitals are going to come out, and all of a sudden, instead of what we saw in the two preseason games, uh, Ovechkin's going to be over there yeah, in that yeah. left faceoff circle on yeah. the power play, <laughs> yeah. and you're going to have Carlson out there. Won't see Kuznetsov. He's uh-huh. he's in the sin bin for mm-hmm. for a couple three games, but still, uh, yeah, and. You, you you can almost guarantee Washington's gonna they're just gonna come at them they're gonna yeah. come at them so yeah can they yeah and, and we're not suggesting suggesting here on net front presence that the Blues don't have skill but it was the skill plus the that that attitude and that style that that uh, made them unique and uh, will, will they be able to just uh, turn the switch on because you, you, mm-hmm. we saw the preseason games they they didn't yeah. play like that okay there no. was some forechecking a little bit. Yeah. But we, we we didn't see that the endless cycling, uh, yeah. all, all the uh, all the hitting, a uh, Sunny Sunquist turning into an assassin <laughs> on the ice, giving guys facials no. and stuff like. We didn't see any of that. No, no, it was it, it was a, and to their credit, I mean, it was you know a a more leisurely preseason, not with you know the the game. I was up in Calumet for that game, and and you know, before the game, guys walked down, they checked the boards, which were like rocks. And they were like, there's no way we're going hard into corners tonight because it, you're going to leave your shoulder uh, there if you do that. So it was like, you know, okay, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll be a little more you know, restrained on this one. That uh, quick uh, quick wrestling memory, you mentioned the, the hard boards there. I was covering a, up in St. Joe, Missouri, there was the Women's uh, World uh, Championship, uh, Tag Team Championship. Okay. And the, uh, the, the ring broke. 
it happened in St. Joe, and you know the it just some there was a body slam and it broke. So they they shored it up with plywood, but they did not tell the women apparently because they had a scripted finish and required a high flying finish, oh, again, no. uh, which was kind of coming down to the ballroom floor. Right. They didn't check. See, they didn't take the precaution of checking the boards. They didn't check the ring, and they, they just she just hit, and it was just like didn't move, like oh, she just oh, no, right into good. the plywood. Huh? Yeah, it was a little rough. Yeah. They did a great job repairing the ring. But anyways, how was the how was the Upper Peninsula otherwise? You know, it was a beautiful day in the Upper Peninsula. It was in the fifties. Uh, I was like, you know, the the flight in coming in over Lake Superior, and I don't know that I've ever you know flown. Over, I've never I've never been to Lake Superior before. That was beautiful. Uh -huh. It was just the sea, the trees, and everywhere. It was just you know over the lake. It was just gorgeous. You know, Calumet is is a old mining town. I mean, which not like all the old West mining town, but it's you know they. Miners were in, so I don't know what it looked like where they have you know probably gutted the landscape and extracting all the copper they could, um, but uh, the fans very enthusiastic and uh, a little bit of you know historic at the Calumet Coliseum the oldest uh, you know continuous use hockey rink in the world um, you know it was it was it was nice uh, you know the the press box seating there was behind on the second floor behind one of the goals. So you actually could not see the goal directly in front of you because of how, how it was constructed. So you had to kind of lean forward to look straight down to do it. So it was, uh, and and the the locker rooms were massively tiny. And they were downstairs in the basement. So they got oh, had that's to, old school. Had, had to trudge up. Ah, oh. like the Chicago Stadium in the day. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, old school. Uh, you had to come up, come upstairs, and come out on the ice. And only one doorway that uh, you know, both teams came out of. So it was, uh, but it was it was charming. Yeah, and the people were people loved it. So. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't get to, to see the, the hockey all the way up in the top of the Upper Peninsula. So, yeah. But now we, we, now we come down to the uh, new and improved uh, Enterprise Center. And uh, you guys were talking to the, the, guy, the guys enjoying their rings Monday night. And then, but Wednesday night, guys, mm -hmm. it's going to be something. Now, I, I'm going to get – I'll be honest. Are you going to fake or what? I'm going to get a little misty. I will. I I, I, I asked a couple I asked a couple guys about that uh, the staff people they say oh we don't get misty we get we just happy or chills or whatever I'll get misty Jim mm -hmm. Thomas going to get misty or no probably not but no uh, <laughs> well, yeah you you're you're allowed to get misty you I, have enough tenure here yeah what do you think <laughs> what do you think Tom? I, well I, I get misty at almost at almost any occasion so so it's it's not going really far out of the way for for that to be the case but it will be you know just when you think about yeah everything that's gone through this. Uh, you know, organization over the years, what the Blues have done, and the the uh, the uh, thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. And they've had a lot more agony of defeat for this group to uh, finally get. It. I, I we were talking to Baruby today uh, about, it, and, and I'm just standing there thinking that this team won the Stanley Cup last year. It's it is even at this length still somewhat amazing to think yeah. that that group of guys who you know they, they fired the coach, they were plodding along, and and they won the Stanley Cup. I yeah. mean, they, it's they, still hard to believe. Yeah, it's, it's it, really is something. It reminds me, after the, the Rams won in 99, like six months later, I'm like, did this really happen? Mm -hmm. Did they really win the Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. And I kind of have the same thoughts with the, uh, with the Blues. It, 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 it did happen, didn't it? We, we, it wasn't like a dream or something, was it? No, it is, it is mind-boggling. And then, you know, and then, because again, we're, and there's something I'll touch on. Yeah, you were asking the questions mm -hmm. for me today about mm -hmm. that uh, at the, 
Maybe. out at the practice. But if you look at the power rankings and the USA Today mm-hmm. having the Blues finishing fourth, it just it seems like business as usual. Yeah, with uh, people looking at the franchise. Well, nothing really changed. They're just you know they're they're a good team, but they're mm-hmm. just yeah. a, Even, a bunch of guys. I, I think uh, mm-hmm. I, I was listening on the radio uh, c- coming from uh, uh, Centene to, down to our beautiful new. Netfront present studios overlooking the old post dispatch uh, building, and uh, uh, they were talking about the NHL.com uh, preseason predictions. And uh, several members of the panel, apparently, and I haven't looked at it. This is just what the, what I heard uh, of the NHL.com panel didn't even have the Blues in the top three in the Central Division. So it it is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. I, I would think. Uh, if uh, if you're Craig Berube, you might want to inform the players of that. I don't. I, I think that stuff still works even at the <laughs> professional level. Well, Tom, we were saying last year that we believed in the group skill wise. Mm-hmm. They just didn't show it for for much of the yeah. year until they they finally got in gear. But mm-hmm. you know, they're just there are a lot of really good players in this team. Now it's not they don't have the unless you count Tarasenko as a superstar. They don't have the the Ovi, the mm-hmm. Sid Sid the Kid, uh, Connor mm-hmm. McDavid, but. My goodness, there are a lot of guys who can play hockey on this team. There are, and this is, you know, from about, from like mid-January of last year through about a month ago in the regular season, the Blues were the best team in the NHL. You know, just if you looked at their analytics and their expected goals, they were cranking it out. And so, yeah, while it's, you know, Ryan O'Reilly got MVP votes and, and that was about it last year. And I don't, I don't know, did Petro even get a, a Norris Trophy vote? I don't, I don't. If he uh, did, it was pretty, it, pretty, pretty scant. Yeah, yeah, Pareko may have got. But anyway, yeah, that's, you know, it, it's, you know, maybe there's not a, you know, top twenty players in there, but you would think in that next group of players, there's a lot of blues in there because while they may not be, you know, all stars, they're they're certainly above average and um mm-hmm. you know that they've done a good job on putting together that team and and it's interesting that you guys mentioned that because uh doug armstrong uh at the uh uh the Falk press conference kind of talked about mm-hmm. how we, we we don't believe in like mm-hmm. and i'm paraphrasing p- paying like outlandish salaries or big big salaries but we have a lot of really you know really good salaries because they have a lot of really good players right. i mean you could mm-hmm. say they don't have a superstar uh, uh, but they have a lot of stars. I mean, they have several stars, I think. And one thing, Tom, that helps them stay in the hunt this year is, mm-hmm. you know, you need some guys on entry-level deals who can uh, contribute to your mm-hmm. team to fill in blanks and, and even produce because that's just the nature of the cap world. And, again, mm-hmm. this team appears to have that. You know, last year, Barbershev and, and, and Sonny rose up and, and ended up playing big roles, as mm-hmm. did Robert Thomas as, as he got he really started to feel it. Still got Robert Thomas on entry-level deal. Sammy mm-hmm. Blaze bailed his way into consideration. Uh, he's going to start out getting some important minutes. Uh, Robbie Fabry on a, not an entry-level deal, but still a limited deal because mm-hmm. of his injury history. Uh, they've got guys who are still developing, who mm-hmm. are filling in blanks, and, and done on the defensive end for one more year. And that, boy, that just adds value to the group. They, these guys are can play, and they can play and, and get this team with maximum talent under the cap. Yeah, you know, everybody on the team, it's either you're making a lot of money or you're making a little money. Um, you know, Sunquist may be the only guy that's like bridging that gap. Class, yeah. yeah, but and it's Bo, all Bo at three and a half. Yeah, Bo, yeah. yeah. Then he's uh, he's on the on the downward slide. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, but you got the, the Parecos of the world who are not, yeah, they're not making, you know, seven, eight million dollars a year. They're they're making, you know, five million a year, which is, you know, pretty good money. Uh, you can live okay in St. Louis for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, you can do all right. And and it's you know set up that it should be able to continue. That uh, 
you know, Dunn will get a raise and they're going to have to figure out how they're going to make Petrangelo and Shen, if that's possible to work under the cap next year. But they, yeah, I mean, they, they have done a good job of uh, putting together a, a lineup that uh, will work. One thing I will say, you know, you say, you know, fourth place in the Central Division. The Central, you know, last year the Central Division was so tight and it was like two points that separated the top three teams. That really the difference between being fourth and the Central being first may end up being you know, four points over the course of the year because that it's a pretty good division and it's all it's pretty close. It's not like you expect any one team to run away with the Central this year. So if, yeah, um, now I'll say Nashville is going to be really good. I'll give mm-hmm. Nashville a shout out, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of love for Colorado now, and that's mm-hmm. great because they upgraded their second line. Getting mm-hmm. Cadre was good, but boy, they're real young on the blue line. You know, Ian Cole's mm-hmm. banged up. And that doesn't help them. They're, they're going to play a couple of rookies or very young players in the case of uh, Gerard, uh, a lot. And their third, fourth lines, you know, I still scratching my head. Dallas may be better a second line. You had Pavelski. They're still playing Roman Polak a bunch of minutes, and he's a pylon at this point <laughs> yeah. in his career. Uh, so there are – I mean, those are good teams, Colorado and Dallas, but for teams – for people to keep putting them ahead of the Blues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm about Winnipeg now, I guess. They, I mean, they've got, they got issues, man. Yeah, yeah Big Buff's gone, and, they, and Truba mm-hmm. leaves in free agency. And, uh, you know, they mm-hmm. – Tyler Myers leaves in free agency, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, suddenly they're a lot younger back there. Brian Little gets wiped and, out again. And I, I think, at least based on the preseason, maybe it's showing in, in Hellebuck's uh, uh, play. So. Yeah, no, and he had a – he's coming off of, a, by his standards, compared mm-hmm. to the year before, uh, a regression from where he was two years ago. So mm-hmm. – yeah, I know it's a deep division, but come on, a little, little respect here. In Minnesota, mm-hmm. we, we, we don't expect a whole yeah. lot. Yeah, you maybe know, next year. I, I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to be terrible because they, you know, they're they got Koivu for a full year, although he's a fourth liner now, and they mm-hmm. Matt Dumba's a good player, and they'll have him for the whole year. They mm-hmm. hope, and they missed him for a chunk of last year, and mm-hmm. they they signed Zuccarello for right before they the brutally incompetent Paul <laughs> Fenton. This team did need to bring in another highly paid veteran in <laughs> his thirties. You know, you got Suter and Breezy under contract to like 2037. Uh, they'll both be uh, pushing Social Security. 2037. They'll be wow. pushing Social Security uh, by then. Um, so, no, it's just why they did that. I mean, they, there's a team that needed to rebuild, right? Mm-hmm. Minnesota got caught in between. Mm-hmm. And before they could get Fenton out the door, mm-hmm. he made one more move that didn't make any sense. By the mm-hmm. way, uh, trading for Victor Rask, not a good idea. <laughs> And apparently didn't that. scout the guy. I mean, did you read some of the stuff that uh, Russo was and some of the others are writing? No. no they no. just didn't even scout the guy. The guy was terrible for the, <laughs> the Hurricanes. It's like, who trades for Yori Laterra? Oh, <laughs> who trades for Vladi Saboka or the ghost of Patrick Berglund or Tajay Thompson? Thompson starting yeah. the year in the minors. <sighs> Pro Jer- scouts. Yeah. Tage Thompson just starting the year in the minors. Jordan Schmaltz starting the year in the minors. A couple of uh, oh. Old friends here. Well, you know, you got to, again, as we start to wind down in this edition of Death Front Presence, you really have to give a shout-out to Doug Armstrong for not only making sure that they had some young guys coming in on entry-level deals to max out the talent base, but also, man, he got out from under some things. Mm-hmm. He got out from under Yori Laterra. He got out mm-hmm. from under whatever happened to Patrick Berglund. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that Patrick's playing again in Sweden. I hope his life's going well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what happened there, but it wasn't good. <laughs> He got out from under Saboka. And mm-hmm. then, you know, and he, and he got some good players. He got two really yeah. good players for that. Yeah. They don't win the Stanley Cup without uh, getting rid of those guys. And mm-hmm. adding, you get Shannon O'Reilly. Yeah, you spend some first-round picks, but geez. And how will history remember the Dimitri Yaskin, uh, Jakob Yerba? Oh, huh? Well, we don't. Yeah, that was 
Yeah. You know, you, that was like a, on the Cardinals, yeah. you talk about, you know, do they overvalue prospects? Uh-huh. And uh, Armstrong is willing to say, look, we're going to we're going to trade, you know, Dominic Bach. Who knows how great he's going to be, but we're going to we're going to let him go because we can win now and we can go out and get good players and trade draft picks. He, th- he thinks that that window's open for another maybe four, possibly five years. Jeff, that'll be fun, huh? If, if, if the window does stay open. It does. Now, last thing before we, uh, we say goodbye on this edition of Netfront Presence. All right. So in terms of irritability level, will Doug Armstrong be all the way back up to top form by the banner, <laughs> by the banner raising? Do you think, will he be back to being, you know, mid season intense Doug Armstrong? That you don't want to joke coming down the elevator by, with after a loss by tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. You think he'll be up? There? Oh, he'll be, he'll be, yeah, uh, he'll be, uh, yeah. He'll still have that boy, that crimson face. Yeah, they, yeah. Down he's, that he's put away. He's put away was. the celebration. Uh, oh, away. yeah, he put that away. Right. I think a uh, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Although uh, he uh, he took the the plane uh, malfunction there, the mechanical issues. He took that pretty well by Doug standards. But hey, <laughs> it was the eighth preseason. And he probably was in his back is my thing. Yeah, we could probably just skip this. Nobody gets hurt. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Plus, we avoid a plane crash. Maybe, maybe he was back there unplugging stuff. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And and you can it'll make it an easier night rather than sending the guys back to San Antonio at 10 p.m. When we get back, we'll do it at two in the afternoon and. Uh, I you know I can still hit the golf course maybe, but if that were to happen in the middle of the season when they're trying to get oh, to San Jose, oh, oh, oh yeah, no. oh my goodness, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll we'll have we'll have some we'll have some Doug moments, won't we? Well, it's inve- it's uh, inevitable, right? This season we'll have some some uh, eruptions. I would think. Well, it's good because this team has to again the whole theme of like hey they want to do it again they're not going to sit back and say hey once in a lifetime deal look at us and pat themselves on the back and, <laughs> yeah. and get all fat and happy. No, no. They kind of got it between the Chief and, and him. They're pretty competitive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The Chief was caught in uh, while we're watching you uh, try to look over and see the uh, the near goal there. The, the Chief got caught on the camera saying, uh, dropping a couple uh, uh, couple uh, F-bombs there. In, in Calumet, no doubt. I well, hope there weren't little Calumet kids like right behind well, you I mean, crying are, back to mom and dad. They're hardy people in the Upper Peninsula. <laughs> <laughs> you know. We, I, I went out to lunch in Calumet, and, and we're, we're, the menu in the restaurant has, among things, a history of Calumet. And it uh-huh. notes that they, had, that they had 350 inches of snow in Calumet in the, the, the winter of 2013-14. And our waitress came over and I said, were you here in the winter of 2013-14 for 250 inches? I said, no, but last winter we had 370 inches of snow. And um, they need to update the menu. Huh? Yeah, they do. And, and, I, and I said, 370 inches. So my next question, why do you live here? And she said, well, yeah, my, I was born here. My husband's got a good job here. But yeah, I've got a job as a traveling nurse and I'm gone in three weeks. So um, while hearty souls, they, they, there is a, you know, if, if you got a chance to avoid a winter yeah. in Calumet, uh, that's probably something to do. Yeah, you're hitting that monster.com to see what's opening up in Fort Lauderdale. You know, yeah. you know, there's something <laughs> I could do down there. But be, talk about hearty souls. You have got uh, to be a hearty soul to get through a winter in, uh, in oh, Calumet. Oh, God. All right. Well, so that's Tom Timmerman. It's been fun. Jim <laughs> Thomas. It's been fun. Uh, the boys got their 16-pound rings uh, <laughs> yes, on Monday. Not us boys, the other. Yeah, yeah the lads have got their, their bauble for their reward, uh, the banner raising. And, uh, well, I'm going to be uh, – you'll have to excuse me tomorrow if I get a hanky out, though. <laughs> we'll talk about it next time. And you have seen enough of this over the years. Yeah. Just remember to bring a hanky, okay? Yeah. I will. Yeah. All right, that's Jim Thomas. That's been Tom Timmerman. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Netfront Presence. A reminder to check – 
out all of our podcasts on sdltoday.com slash podcast. Uh, subscribe to us, recommend us, tell your friends about it, and uh, you know, also check out all the other stuff that we do on sdltoday.com, and don't forget to give that digital subscription a try if you haven't already. Much better user experience. Until next time, see ya! See ya!